0: We're finally here. We're going to talk about the complicated, very troubled production, right up until Marise took over, of The Batman. And originally, this was supposed to be a different type of The Batman. It was originally set to be created by Ben Affleck at the time. Who was initially set to direct, write, produce, and star in the movie, but then left the project in January of 2017 following certain factors, such as the production of Justice League the movie, when uh, everything went to you know what happened, and there were plans for him to just step down from director, but then he went to start, but they would still star and produce it, but then he just felt he couldn't continue it, and then everything kind of went you know where. the justice league movie and that ultimately wrecked everything so originally the original batman movie was going to have set in the dc extended universe and would feature deathstroke as the villain who's trying to get revenge for his son's death and thus it would lead to a ton of stuff where he would be this horror movie like villain they described it as uh, Explained that Deathstroke believed Batman was responsible for his son's death and was depicted as systematically dismantling Batman's life and killing those closest to him, like a horror movie villain, but hell bent on revenge. But it also never came through, and projects fell apart. There was a there was a planned scene for the director's cut of Zack Snyder's Justice League, where where. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg's Lex, Lex Luthor reveals If you want to be Batman, here is something that can help you. His name is Bruce Wayne. And Deathstroke would use that information that would be set in a movie that would never happen. And. I feel like some aspects of the movie that would have been were added into the element of The Batman by Matt Reeves because after everything happening, uh, Matt Reeves became the director and the writer for the movie and it would lead to completely revamping everything. It was set to originally be a prequel. But, after the events of the DCEU's future was put in doubt, he decided, I want to separate it from the DCEU and do it in my own universe. Got the approval from WarnerMedia and... Long and behold, we have this new Batman shared universe now that we'll have two sequels planned and two spin-off television series developed for HBO Max. Featuring the Penguin, Colin Farrell's... Uh, the Penguin and an Arkham Asylum movie that was an uh, Arkham Asylum series that was originally set to be a GCPD series, even though we already have the Gotham show that could have just done that. But, uh, okay. One of the inspirations of the one of the key inspirations of the movies was going to be Year One, The Long Halloween and Ego. Which, when I heard about The Long Halloween, I was like, well, we already had The Long Halloween movie from the DC animated Tomorrowverse universe. So, it was like, okay, I know they're taking inspiration from that, but it just seemed like weird timing at that. But, one of the highlights I will say about this, though, is that they decided not to go with the Joker in this movie. They opted to instead go with someone who was rumored to originally have been the villain in The Dark Knight Rises. But then the death of Heath Ledger happened and then they changed everything to Bane and all that. The original Riddler. We were gonna get the Riddler as the next villain. And... I was excited for that. I wanted to see something different take on the Batman mythos that wasn't going to involve the Joker or some other nefarious villain that's been used to death. Instead, we're going to use the Riddler, who I don't think... I think the last time the Riddler was used was Batman Forever, say for, like, the TV cartoons and everything. But, um... This kicked off uh, the next stage of... films in production and this movie ultimately ran a running time of nearly three hours making it the third highest highest longest superhero movie behind only Avengers Endgame and Zack Snyder's Justice League so take it that what you will and there were some issues I had with it, but we'll get into that. The film grossed $752 million against a $185 million to $200 million budget, making it the highest-grossing film currently of 2022, but we'll probably get Multiverse of Madness doing that successful run. And it received praise for his performance, cinematography, Matt Reeves' direction, action sequences, and story, though some criticized his runtime, and pacing. So... Yeah, there was the starting off of it, they go ahead and establish that the Riddler is based off the Zodiac Killer which, would I have loved the more comic accurate Riddler who would do these crazy stuff and but yet would wear the crazy outfit? Yeah, but like I said, this is a Riddler starting off, much like how Batman is like in year two of this starting off. And I'm glad they did go with the whole my parents were shot scene to open up the film because we see that so many times to the point that it's become tiresome and repetitive, much like how we get tired of the comics when they go ahead and repeatedly, repeatedly showcase that Bruce cannot let this go. I mean, I get why they don't want Bruce to let this go, his motivation for being Batman, but, like, after having his own family, they just decide, nope, uh, we're gonna just go ahead and, uh, have him still bring up his parents, his dead parents a lot, but his parents do play a factor to this, there is that issue I have with it, uh, I'll get to that, but... Yeah, this is a pretty good movie. Th- this is a pretty damn good movie. I felt the Riddler played by Paul Dano. He was, oh my god, he would. Pl- he's the Riddler, and he's a forensic accountant. But there's this element here that I really like, where they go ahead and say he was inspired by Batman, because Batman in this movie is very more cruel, and is on the verge of losing it, and he's on this breaking point of his mind. I I love that aspect. And saying, I'm vengeance. Instead of being the symbol of hope, he's the symbol of terror. And while he has a relationship, so to speak, with the GCPD, albeit on tenuous terms since he trusts Detective James Gordon. <laughs> and... The idea of having all this stuff happening in this movie, what they did, is pretty awesome. But... I, I, I just don't like the idea here. There's just this one part I didn't like. So, halfway into the movie, they go ahead and go with Thomas and Martha Wayne. May not all be who they are. And then they go ahead and recontextualize the assassination of his parents. And it's just like, oh my god, can it just be the story where it was a simple mugging? Like, it's been this annoying thing i've had how in the comics and how in the movies and how in video games even they go ahead and portray the batman's bruce wayne's murder death witnessing the death of his parents is always attributed to being like an inside job mafia by carmine Falcone or salvador Maroni or the mafia or it would be someone that will eventually connect to the batman mythos like the joker in the batman and batman 1989 it's just it just annoys me that they, they go that route like i get from the uh internal's perspective of bruce wayne that he wants to think this is an elaborate conspiracy he wants to think there was something bigger planned for it and instead, it's just a simple mugging that... He, that uh, And while you could go ahead and give your opinion on the writer Jeff Johns... And there's a lot to say about him these days. Since what he, what came out about him and what he's done. Heck, I'm not even reading the Flashborn Beyond story because I just can't take it anymore. But when I see... When, when I... But like when he wrote Three Jokers, he described why Joe Chill murdered Batman's parents because just like everyone, just like a lot of people these days even in the real world, they see this powerful rich family, the 1%, being having the high life, having all this wealth and power, and yet there's all these people living in destitute that that if they got a little bit of that money. They could be well, well off. And the, and the 1% could get. Once the checks cleared and everything. They could get more money out of it. And the aspect of the story being that. Had. And, and I love this added little element. They add to it. Like they don't say it. But it would make sense from this aspect. Like imagine you're bitter and you're destitute and you're living in the streets, and then you see this 1% family having going through this alleyway that's known as Crime Alley, and there's that vibe you can give off in the story, where this, this, this that these people have the audacity to go into Crime Alley and yet, they feel like they're on, and you get this Worked perspective because you see the 1% as as this powerful force and they have the audacity to think they're that unstoppable that they could go through to Crime Alley and get away and just go through it, no problems whatsoever in a place literally called Crime Alley. But... They don't but they hint that it could be this, like in the in the comics, they even suggested that the core vowels did it. But it turns out that wasn't the case. Bruce just wants it to believe it's something nefarious, a big conspiracy, only to learn it's not. Also, the penguin. Colin Farrell's Oswald Cobblepot. So I decided to look into Colin Farrell, and I was like that's Colin Farrell, uh, he, like, that definitely looks like, I can imagine, yes, if you told me that was the Penguin, not an actor, like, the real, actual Penguin, but this one got into acting, I would believe that that's the Penguin. And, Andy Serkis, playing the, uh, Alfred Pennyworth of this universe, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, we don't get to see much of Alfred in this. Like, you get some, they, like, they describe it as having a hostile relationship and rarely speak to each other, and even though Alfred thinks he's gone insane, tries to help Bruce as much as he can, and there is this good moment where Alfred explains what might have really happened and not be the nightmare scenario that Falcone told him and yeah it's just it's just that i just don't like that idea like i'm all for the emotional catharsis we get out of it it's just i don't like that whole Falcone did it and Falcone hired someone to do it and in this universe i can believe this batman okay so remember that old thing they do where they say that Batman makes the criminals he does okay I can imagine this Batman actually being the one that inspires people to become criminals that makes the criminals happen because like I said Edward Nashton the Riddler says yeah I'm inspired by it I'm inspired by the Batman and his crusade of vengeance because in this universe Batman isn't the symbol of hope he's a symbol of vengeance and I love I love I love the Selena Kyle we got in this universe the Catwoman played by Zoe I, I, I'm i not gonna try the last name but it's a fascinating tale I feel to see this story come to life and it especially helps this character's storyline here how she's the daughter of Falcone via illegitimately and well it leads to a ton of messes and she attempts to kill him at the, in the movie it just it's just a it's just another crazy moment for everybody but there is a deleted scene there was a deleted scene in this. Where it was going to show the Joker, the new type of Joker they were introducing. And oh my god. That Joker looked brutal. Like, very messed up. I was shocked at how they decided to portray the Joker. And apparently, Matt Reese says that he has a skin condition that makes him the way he is instead of being in the Battle Chemicals or being in a horrendous horrendous accident by the Batman like that's what I was initially thinking only but he doesn't show up he doesn't like that scene they deleted it but it was brought to the public but he does befriend the Riddler and this is the thing I wanted to bring up the Joker and the Riddler history with each other like yeah, Joker's using him. It's much like how in the Delia he got under Batman's skin. He's using the Riddler for his own nefarious purposes to have the game because I'm pretty sure Joker looks at the Riddler and thinks he's a knockoff and is planning to kill him when he gets the chance. But he's like, no, I'm going to use this guy. He's going to be my target. But soon... He'll be dead to me by the end of the night. Like, I could imagine that. And James Gordon this, it feels like Jeffrey Wright, who plays James Gordon, it, he does some things and he's like the good cop in this because everyone loves the good cop. And yeah. It just—it just gets—it um, just gets crazy and crazier as the story progresses, as the riddler thinks that Batman's actually working with them, and there are—and he floods Gotham with several car bombs around the seawall, and has an online following of 500 people helping him out, planning to assassinate the mirror elect, Bella Reel, and. It, it ju- and, and national followers, like this, this is the thing that's scary and fascinating because how powerful the internet is these days and dangerous it can be because this could like, this could actually be a thing, like we had all these old cult leaders, but now with the super internet speed highway we get, the internet highway we get these days this Really is a scary kind of vibe you get. Like, he could build this follower, he doesn't even have to do a thing. He can just build a follower with crazy rhetoric, and he'll get people following him. But the fact that he's like taking action, being directly involved in things, that makes people more inspired by the psychoticness of the Riddler. Now, let's get into the biggest talk about this Robert Patterson's Batman. Okay, Robert Patterson. The most famous actor known for Twilight. I was not looking forward to it at the first when I first heard the announcement he was cast as Batman Bruce Way because it's Robert Pattinson, and I remember his role in Twilight. From the clips I saw, it was just like, oh my god, why him? But yeah, yeah. It, This is honestly the most darkest Bruce Wayne we've ever gotten. The darkest Batman. Because he definitely looks like he's an insomniac. He looks like he doesn't sleep. And yet he's kind of warped in this Batman perspective here. He's more Batman than Bruce. And even Matt Reeves describes comparing his obsession with being Batman to a drug addiction. And... Yeah, it it, it is so fascinating for this one. Like, Robert Pattinson was great in this, which tells me that the the Twilight movies was a complete and utter accident. Uh, In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he wanted to make just a little bit of a reference where he gets all weird over the sun when he's out, when he's talking to Alfred. Though, there were some things I did wish we got more in this movie of, like his Bruce Wayne life, like, they bring it up, and then they're like, no, nope, we're done talking about it. Like, they were more focused on the Batman aspect. Like, they probably could do two more movies. They have two more movies planned for this. They could probably focus more on the Batman, on the Bruce Wayne side of things, Wayne Enterprises and all that. And I'm like, th- th- there is this problem I had. Like, the one other problem with this movie is some of the script details, such as Bruce Wayne not really factoring into this in terms of... His company, like when Thomas and Martha Wayne are revealed to have done this thing that may have led to some to, led to a journalist's death, and you know, the shame he Thomas Wayne went through and was planning to turn himself in for that. It was like, so what does this affect Wayne Enterprise? Like, does this affect them at all? Um, no, like. No, we're not gonna address that. Okay. Like, we don't even know how Bruce Wayne, the person, is affected by this from the rest of society because the sins of the father and all that. They bring it up a lot. But they don't. It's weird to me. But I I don't know why they didn't address it more. Maybe they'll address it in the sequel. And yeah. Bruce Wayne does not factor into this a lot. It's more like he like he's there at times, but it's really a Batman story about Bruce Wayne going to the brink. It's really Bruce Wayne going to the brink as Batman. And he's not and he does while he doesn't kill in this movie, he doesn't use guns in this movie. He does feel like they are these people that deserve a deserve worse than being locked up in a locked up in Arkham State hospital they don't call an asylum in this probably because uh, just calling it that just sounds crazy and the music the the music is phenomenal the music is very phenomenal in this I have like several of the songs saved on my phone in my iTunes store and my Apple account and Oh man, it's it's fascinating how good this was. And there's even going to be a prequel comic by Paul, by the actor who played the Riddler, Paul Dano, who's going to write the story, and it's going to come out later this year. I don't know why why they did that, why they're doing that, but like, okay. Also, one of the most quote unrealistic aspect is Bellariel. Uh, you know. Being an actually good politician—that is impossible to believe. Impossible. <laughs> okay, I can. And the final battle in the end is not, like I said, the Riddler. It's with his followers, which is a pretty damn good scene. Batman, Selina, taking them down as they're trying, as they attempt to assassinate the mayor and cause as much chaos as possible. But yeah, Batman. ...decides to become a symbol of hope instead of being the symbol of fear, saving people, trying to save as much as he can. While Selena Kyle, who's also the love interest of Bruce Wayne in this, but she just sees him as Batman currently... ...she deems Gotham as beyond saving leaves, which... Okay, I'm just gonna say this. The Gotham in this universe, and the Gotham in any universe that's not the comics they have sadly more of a chance of being saved than the actual Gotham City in the comics somehow. Like, because the comics will always have this never-ending status quo story whereas all these other stuff will have a status quo that will eventually come to an end and change. And I'm curious as to know where they're going to go with this. Like, I do think Selina's going to come back. Like, I I think she can't turn away from the Batman and all that. And there is something I was wondering. Matt Reese says he wants to do Mr. Freeze. Pretty awesome idea. We haven't seen Mr. Freeze movie in a long time. And I refuse to. And not Batman and Robin, I mean the other Batman movie from the anime series. And then we also have, well, The Court of Owls that Robert Patterson wants to do. I'm curious as to know which one's going to win out on that, but we'll see when the sequels are announced officially. And... Oh man, the cinematography, the fighting, especially since they got the actor who... Especially got the cinematographer who did the famous hallway scene of Darth Vader slaughtering the rebels. They said, okay, let's do that, but Batman beats the holy hell out of everybody. Well, everyone's shooting bullets at his chest and... Yeah, he, he, yeah, Batman's armor is very rugged, very durable, it seems, to bullets, straight bullets even, and it just comes off as very brutal, and I like how the, the Riddler follower goes ahead and when asked by Gordon who you are, and then he decides to mock, and then we get that callback from the beginning of the movie, vengeance making Batman realize what he's done, because as much as he doesn't want to admit it, this is partly his fault. He's inspiring the wrong people, which will, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping we get Dick Grayson. I'm hoping we get Robin in this universe. Like they, like everyone's saying, uh, give Robin a chance. We want to see Robin in this. And plus Batman really needs a Robin in his life. Like I know they're probably not gonna do the bright colors in this version, but, it would be an interesting way to get Robin in this in this universe to be the light in Bruce's darkness, but beyond just Senna Kyle. And I like how they don't use the way Enterprise money and power to build Batman's mythos. Instead, Batman just built it from scratch. Like, okay Alfred, it's me and you. We're gonna go ahead and build a muscle car and be badass about it. So, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. And, and yeah, <laughs> it's, it's gonna be a wild, fun time. There was, there was at one point, a scene where they were gonna clearly acknowledge that Superman and Wonder Woman exist in this universe, but they kept cutting out the Halloween kids that were wearing those costumes. So, I don't know if Superman and Wonder Woman exist in this universe. We don't know yet. We'll probably know if this ever does become its own shared universe and becomes the new DCU. Especially in the wake of what's going on with Ezra Miller, because by god, that's going to be a problem. But we'll have to see where things to go from here. I can't wait for you all. Uh, It's on HBO Max currently if you want to check it out. It's also going to be available on Blu-ray and DVD and 4K next month the time this this podcast video uploads and is in production and i like how it ends via comic book like how they go ahead and like last thing how they ended with a comic book like vibe where they like end the big story but there's there's tidbits that will lead into the next set of stories to come out like Penguin this reasset taking over gotham's Criminal Empire, now that Falcone's dead, assassinated by the Riddler, which I do wonder how that is going to lead to now, if they lead to a Two-Face since the DA was killed in this movie. So, we'll have to see. And I love the uh, underground club they have. It's the set locations, the whole gothic noir in Wayne Manor. And Yeah. boy it's a fun fun movie and i look forward to watching it again But well, this was the reality collective check out for more content on youtube and check out my content on anchor.fm and other podcast platforms stay tuned for the next next video and we'll see y'all again next time take care